What's going on, y'all, and welcome back to the No Limit Lab. I'm your host, Elo, and today we're going to be going over, talking about, and reviewing Star Wars Tales of the Jedi, a 2022 season anthology series that is available on Disney+. Star Wars Tales of the Jedi is a six-episode event featuring parables built around Jedi from the prequel era, journey into the lives of two distinctly different Jedi, Ahsoka Tano and Count Dooku. Each will be put to the test as they make choices that will define their destinies. Release date is 2022, genre science fiction, anthology, animation, action, adventure, rating is tvpg available in the following formats 4k hd none of that matters the creator of this is the boy my man dave filoni starring ashley Eckstein, Corey burton and many others all right guys um this is a six episode anthology series as i stated before each episode is roughly around 15 minutes 15 to 20 minutes uh there's one episode that's around 12 minutes but it usually has around two minutes to credits per each episode so roughly 15 roughly 13 to 15 minutes per episode um this was a this was a great experience i i just got done watching it um this is the type of star wars content that fans have been looking for this is what how do you how you say um this is what something that can please uh, hardcore star wars fans younger audiences can watch this and know why we fell in love with star wars and why we care about these characters so much and the two Jedi that decided to focus on mainly was Count Dooku and uh, Ahsoka Tano. Um, I'm glad they did this animation style. I do her. I, I do know that this animation style does take a long time to be able to perfect. Um, it, this was just a great, just a great show. Like the first episode, the first episode is called Life and Death, and we basically get Ahsoka Tano's backstory about how she goes through the rite of passage with unexpected results. That's literally in the description. Um, we see her uh, as an infant, and we see her with her mother, and her mother uh, basically teaches her to understand death and embrace it. As this tiger-type creature comes and attacks and attack, uh, takes Ahsoka Tano away, uh, the whole town where she is born basically is going to go get her back. She uses this ability called—it's uh, it's a force ability where they can basically calm down animals— I'm not sure exactly what it's called. I've forgotten it. I've, it's been in my head, but it just slipped right now. But it's an ability that Anakin used on a, a creature called the Reek in Episode 2 in the Geonosian Arena. And uh, as we can see, this is a thing that's been used in Star Wars. Rey did it in Rise of Skywalker. Ahsoka Tano did it here. Uh, Grogu did it in, I believe it was Mandalorian Season 1. Um, this, is, uh, this is a thing that, you know, is commonly used in Star Wars, and I, and I like that they brought this kind of thing back. Um... Ahsoka is basically gets the animal to take her back to her town as the people thank them, thank the animal for bringing, or the tiger type creature. Uh, I'm just, I'm just going to call it a liger. It looks like a liger. They thank the liger for bringing, the space liger for bringing back um, Ahsoka. And uh, the episode ends. It's a very sweet episode. Um, I thought that we were going to see Plo Koon uh, pick up Ahsoka and where he gets to basically take her to the Jedi Temple, but we didn't see that. Um, episode two is called Justice. Yeah, two Jedi are dispatched to resolve a hostage situation on a distant planet. Um, this episode is starring Count Dooku and a young Qui-Gon Jinn. So for those of you who are fans of Qui-Gon, myself, this was a great episode. Um, basically, we get to see um, the startings and, uh, you know, the beginnings of Dooku's downward spiral into um, to the dark side and to becoming a full-fledged Sith Lord. Um, one uh, A senator's um, son is kidnapped by a town who has been... Basically, um, their town has been uh, suffered from his policies and suffered from his corruption, and uh, they kidnap the son, and the son understands why he's been kidnapped. He doesn't understand why his father would do such a thing to a town like that, 
And obviously, he does not support his father's political policies and what he's done that has harmed this planet and the people of the planet. Um, the senator comes to uh, get his son with a bunch of soldiers. There is a standoff between Count Dooku and Qui-Gon. And Qui-Gon kind of loses his cool a little bit and tends to use t or uses tendencies on the dark side, force choke. And with the result of that standoff, uh, multiple people are killed, including people in the town and some of the soldiers. Uh, Count Dooku eventually uses force choke on the senator to an extent to where it's more of like this is not something a Jedi does. This is what the dark side users do. And um, Qui-Gon tries to intervene and he force pushes him back against the wall and um, kind of shows there that, you know, he's... He's um, he's descending into darkness, and uh, I love just this episode and the way that they did everything here. It was a really great episode. Um, episode three is called Choices. Uh, the description is Jedi Knights investigate the mysterious death of one of their own. Uh, a Jedi Master is basically killed on the planet of belief of Raxus, and uh, a young Mace Windu, probably around the... I, hmm, maybe a, a couple of years before, five years before episode one... Um, uh, the Phantom Menace, it's, it's a younger Qui-Gon, or not younger Qui-Gon, a younger Mace Windu, obviously, and, uh, right away, you can just, you see the differences in views with, um, the way they go about things with, uh, Count Dooku and Mace Windu. Mace Windu is more of the character of, he, we're gonna follow, we're gonna go by the book, we're gonna follow the rules, and we're gonna do what the council says, and nothing else, nothing more, nothing less. Count Dooku is more of like, I, look, I've been through this, I'm a master for a reason, and I don't, like, not in a rude way to um, Mace Windu, but he kind of looks at him like, you know, your ways to follow orders and their ways to just do things is just astonishing. And it's so I, I do like how they kind of stay true to the character of Mace Windu and Count Dooku, because it's one of the reasons why Count Dooku left the Jedi Council and or left the Jedi, because he, he grew tired of their incompetency and their will, their unwillingness to listen to um, other people. And um Basically, what happens is um, this, a Jedi knight is killed. So when they get to the planet, uh, they question uh, the military forces, whoever is there, about what is happening. And right away, the main, um, the little, I, he, I wouldn't say he's a pawn for the soldiers there. You can tell, obviously, right away that this guy is hiding something. And um, we find out not too long later in the episode that he, along with the soldiers, killed the Jedi. Because when they questioned him about how the Jedi was died everything points back to the soldiers and it's like there's no way a jedi could get caught off guard so easily like this if the blasters didn't come from behind so the jedi was executed by the soldiers behind uh the soldiers obviously are not fans of the jedi they don't like them and they don't like their ways and uh right away dooku ends up killing um i believe it was uh not the senator but he one of the soldiers his sons or one of his, i think it was his son that he ends up killing and um, right away, you're just like, oh, Mace Windu's about a snitch. He like he is not. He's not gonna. He, Mace Windu is not. <laughs> if Mace, you'd be committing a war crime. You'd be committing a war crime, and Mace Windu's just be watching. Like I saw that, and he's gonna go tell on you. And and um, it's one of those things that kind of annoys me about Mace Windu's character. But I'm like, hey, it's sticking true to his character. This is something he would do, and I don't really mind it. Um, after that, we um. They take in, I think, the, the commander, whoever his name was, of the soldiers, and uh, they put him inside uh, of a prison on their ship with uh, ray shields guarding it so he can't get through. And uh, him and Count Dooku kind of agree on a couple of things, that just the, the errors of the ways of the Jedi and just the way they go about things. Um, obviously, we get to the end of the episode, and um, we find out that 
uh, Mace Windu is taking the seat on the council of the Jedi Master that was, uh, or the Jedi that was killed. And right away, Count Dooku's like, oh, did you know, kind of, you know about this? Oh, I didn't, we were on the same mission together. I had no way I'm going to know about this. Like, okay, Mace, that's, that's Cap. Mace Windu knew, Mace Windu knew about this. Mace Windu knew what would happen. And Mace Windu is like, Mace Windu is pulling the, let's see, how do you say it? What do you call it? Um, Towing the company line or towing the council line here. Where it's like, oh, you wanted a spot. You knew this would get you a spot. Come on, Mace. But, you know, that's just Mace's character. Um, we move on to episode four, titled The Sith Lord, where it's uh, the description is a Jedi Master makes a troubling discovery. Uh, we get to learn, we get to have a time jump forward. Uh, obviously, this is taking place during uh, The Phantom Menace. Uh, we see Count Dooku and Qui-Gon, uh, who is voiced by Liam Neeson. I'm glad to have Liam Neeson back. Uh, voiced by uh, voiced by Liam Neeson, uh, alongside Yaddle, who was voiced by Bryce Dallas Howard. I did not find that out till the end of the episode. So, and she has been doing great when it comes to Star Wars content. I have nothing but respect for her and what she's been doing with Star Wars. She seemed to respect the lore and respect the characters, and that I can I can dig that. that that's awesome. Um, having Liam Neeson back as Qui Gon is always a pleasure. Um, every time every his presence is just one of those things you. He's like Star Wars Jesus, is the way you look at him. Um, and you can tell that Count Dooku, at this point, he's got some gray in his beard, that there's either something going on with him, and that it's troubling him, and you can tell he's stressed out, and um, that some of the dark side is just taking taking him. And uh, Yaddle can kind of sense this, you can already kind of tell. And he tells uh, Qui-Gon that, you know, I won't always be there to protect you. And Qui-Gon basically says, that's why I have Obi-Wan. He's been trained very well. And he goes, yes, you told me about him. Okay. We time jump forward. Uh, Count Dooku is standing right by the Force-sensitive tree that is in the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, where Yaddle basically says that they're going to have the funeral. And we confirm it confirms that Qui-Gon is dead. This is taking place during the Phantom Menace. And Qui-Gon obviously is upset about something like this and just feels that him going to the funeral just wouldn't help at all. And uh, he's just going to have to learn to forget about Qui-Gon. And she questions him, is that going to be that easy for you? As he leaves the temple. He then heads into his ship. And he goes to this place. I believe it's called the Works. Uh, where Palpatine is waiting. Uh, Palpatine obviously not yet has been disfigured. He's not yet disfigured. This is during episode one. Around the time where he killed Master, uh, killed his Master Plagueis. I believe it was. Um, and he is just manipulating Dooku. He knows that Dooku wants nothing but peace and order. In the galaxy, and Yaddle follows Dooku to this place called the Works, which you see in Episode Two, and you see in the Clone Wars. Um, as he's talking with um, Darth Sidious, pissed off at the fact that Qui Gon is dead, saying that you know it didn't have to go this far, and um, he tells him, "I lost an apprentice too, so I don't know what you're complaining about." Basically, and Yaddle obviously overhears this, tells Dooku to turn this man in. Doesn't matter what whatever crimes you committed. Please help me take this man in. And uh, Dooku obviously says he knows he can't do that. And he confronts Yaddle and they have a lightsaber duel. Great li little lightsaber duel here. Uh, this is our first time seeing Yaddle in action in any type of um, Star Wars uh, content besides comic books and stuff like that, which um, we have seen before. Um, this was a great little scene. Uh, Yaddle tries to have this coming, uh, I don't want to say coming to Jesus moment, but like a a coming to Yoda moment or a coming to a realization moment where she has to tell Dooku, like, um, 
it's like it's, I understand and all this stuff. They didn't the Jedi Council didn't listen. You were right all along, and that's why I stepped off the council and everything. And tries to reason with Dooku, and obviously Dooku just understands that there's no going back. He he's gone too far, and he has to continue down this path. And we get Dooku, um, who goes full fledged dark side, and he um, forces uh, Yaddle into this giant door where they fly their ships into. He turns down the latch, and it crushes her, presumably, as Sidious is <laughs> watching in the background, cackling like some fucking stupid hyena. And um, I, I recognize the voice. I'm like, is that Ian McDermott? And it is me. It is Ian McDermott. So I'm glad to see him back in this little short thing. It's always great to have Ian McDermott back as uh, Sidious. And he goes, you have done well, my apprentice. As the door is force pushed up by Yaddle, who uses the last of her strength to be able to push the door up. She ends up falling down to the ground as Dooku basically tells her he's going to put her out of his misery. And he slashes her with his lightsaber, killing her. Um, they obviously have changed and retconned Yoda, uh, Yaddle's, um, Yaddle's um, death in canon. Uh, originally, what it was before was she absorbed a bomb that was going to destroy, that could have possibly destroyed a big part of the planet. And uh, she absorbs the bomb into her, and that base, and she saves herself, and she saves, saves a young Anakin Skywalker, and that's how she dies. But that's the only time we get her mentioned. We see her in Episode One, sitting on the council, um, but she doesn't get any speaking lines. So it was great to see her here. She sacrificed, or not sacrificed herself here, but she was killed and murdered. I guess you could say by um, Dooku, and this just fully just pushes Dooku to the dark side. He's there's no going back from that. Uh, probably the best episode so far. Um, uh, the next episode is called Practice Makes Perfect. The title of the, the description is uh, Jedi Padawan is given seemingly impossible exercises. Now, this is the only episode that I had an issue with, and let me explain why. So, the episode basically has Ahsoka Tano. Okay, they show Ahsoka Tano, she's, and this time period is supposed to be after, um, uh, not too long after the Clone Wars movie from 2008. Okay, and Ahsoka was around the age of 13, 14, 13 or 14, maybe 15 around that time. And um, what she's wearing is not the same clothes that she has during that time period, which is not that big a deal to me, uh, mainly because obviously, you know, Jedi can change clothes and they can wear different stuff. Um, what I didn't like was um, the designs for Anakin and Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan still has the mullet haircut or the long, you know, the shoulder length mullet haircut that he had from episode two, which doesn't match up at all with this timeline because at this point he already had his hair cut to a shorter length like he does in episode three, just without the gray in his hair on his sideburns and stuff. So I don't know what I, this to me just like was a it's it's a nitpick, but I wouldn't be me if I didn't nitpick this thing or just point out that this is a this is wrong. Like this is not this shouldn't have happened. Um Anakin's hair is shorter than it's supposed to be. Um, like I said, all they had to do was just get the exact same hairstyle and the same hair length from episode or not from uh, the Clone Wars uh, 2008 movie and the first seasons of Clone Wars, it, because it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense um, timeline-wise. It just it's a that's not how their hair should look. That's not how it should look. It, it's they, they did they messed up there. Um, well, now I saw some people saying that oh well, Jedi can't have different hairstyles. Yes, they can, but it takes it. You can't just grow your hair to the length that Obi Wan has it in a couple of weeks. It takes it takes months to do that, and it's very clear that this is supposed to be right after. Like you watch the Clone Wars season one, and you watch all the other. You watch the Clone Wars. 
there is no point where Obi-Wan has this hair. There's no point where Obi-Wan has this length of hair. So I, Dave Filoni did, did direct, is, made this show, and I, I don't understand how he got this wrong. Um, like I said, this is probably the only issue I have. Well, one of the like the biggest issue I have with this thing is that, is that it. It's just the hair, the hair, and I just I just didn't like it. I was like, this is wrong. This is they're, they're, it's supposed to be a different style, different length, because we've already seen what it looks like in this time period. It doesn't make sense, like canonically, I guess you could say, or continuity wise, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but it, like I said, it, I can I can look past it. I can look past it, but also I can't. Um, this episode is basically uh, where Anakin is uh, pushes Ahsoka to the point where he's he's pushing her harder. He realizes that the training that they're putting her at the Jedi Temple is not uh, equivalent to training on the battlefield. Fighting against these small little droids that are programmed to do certain uh, tactics and certain patterns, which become easily learned, is not the same as you know as fighting on the battlefield against battle droids and other threats. Um, and I did like that. That's one thing I do like about Anakin. He's very unconventional in what he does. He's just like, he's like, he sees the flaws in this whole exercise. He's like, no, you want me to show you an actual training? Let's, I'll show you. She's like, okay, fine. And I like that about them. I like that both of them, they challenge each other like that. So he takes her to um, this area where he trains her at. And he has all the, um, he has members of the 501st still in phase one clone armor, uh, set their guns to stun, basically letting her know that if they hit you, it's just going to stun you. But, uh, the clones are going to give you a better, uh, better training than some programmed droid would do, which is true. Uh, clones and uh, clones are, I guess you'd say human or human. Uh, they're Kaminoan by by uh, planet birth or birth on their planet, but they're clones. They're clones of Jango Fett, so they're human. Uh, in species, they're human, um, and they're uh, they're much more proficient when it comes to um, helping Ahsoka. Uh, learn patterns and helping Ahsoka train for something that she might see on the battlefield. And obviously, this is going to, this is basically setting up and preparing her for what eventually happens with Order 66. And she uses the exact same moves there to be able to get out of the situation in Order 66 against Rex and the other clones of the 501st. Um, this was a great moment here. Right away, she can see, you see the difference in uh, training with the clones versus training with droids. And she gets knocked out with the stun. She wakes up and Anakin tells her she's been out for an hour. She's all shocked. And he's like, again, we're going to keep going until you get this right. And he pushes her. And this is what a Jedi Master should do. He pushes her to be better. And she constantly gets stunned and keeps getting stunned. And then eventually, she wakes up and we do a time jump. Time jump forward to around... Um, not too long before, uh, Revenge of the Sith, um, Ahsoka is in her, um, in her, um, uh, newer gear and stuff like that, obviously, because we did a time jump, and she's gotten better, but this is something that she's been training, she's training at for years to get better at, and, um, eventually, we see her get stunned again, because I believe Rex says it took us, it took us only five minutes to take you out that time, that's very impressive, and you can see the fluidity in her movements and how, um, well, she's progressed with this type of training, and obviously you see that in the episodes of the Clone Wars. Whoever hasn't watched that, go watch that. It's a very great show. Started when I was a kid and grew up with it, and I was so glad when they brought it back. Um, we get another time jump to uh, Ahsoka and Rex uh, during Order sixty six, right before they walk into the giant um, uh, hangar with all of the clones, including Jesse. Um, one little fun, funny thing was when uh, Jesse. Uh, one of the clones that stunned her in the in her first when she was um, practicing with them in the phase one clones it was uh, Jesse and he says sorry Commander Tano it was a cool little thing but it's also kind of sad when you see what eventually happens when Jesse becomes um, 
uh, I believe the new uh, captain or whatever, Captain Jesse or Commander Jesse or whatever it is. Well, he becomes an arc trooper, but he ends up leading the assault on Ahsoka during Order 66 or one of the clones that does. So it's very sad there. Um, and then the episode the episode ends with um, Rex yelling, I hope all that training is paid off. And then they walk through the doors as the episode ends. Um, another great episode. Uh, the next episode is titled Resolve. Uh, it is a for- uh, The description is a former Jedi is faced with the truth that they cannot... Uh, the face of the truth that they cannot be something that they are not. Um, the episode basically revolves around Ahsoka after Order 66. Um, not necessarily on the run, but it seems like she's settled down somewhere for the time being. And she's working on this planet where they farm things and they uh, do a lot of manual labor. Um, one of the one of the uh, uh, people that works there is a girl. And she has a brother there. And her and her brother are loading up this uh, hay bales on, to- on this droid's little... Um, uh, trailer, I guess you could say, that the droid is going to haul, and um, the brother being just too, uh, how would you say, um, he just says he's not being careful enough, he's just not being very, um, he doesn't pay attention too much, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm just waiting for break time so I can go eat, uh, careless, there you go, he, he, the brother being careless stacks the hay bales too much to where the droid can't handle it, and the hay bales collapse and fall on top of his sister, and right before they fall on top of his sister, Ahsoka uses the Force to be able to prevent them from falling on top of her, directly harming her. Uh, nobody else sees this except Ahsoka, except um, the sister who looks at Ahsoka. And obviously Ahsoka doesn't want this to be seen because she's a Jedi on the run. And she, if the Inquisitors find out about a Jedi, they're going to hunt her down and kill everybody else. And um, the brother obviously suspects something as the sister thanks Ahsoka. Um, Ahsoka is then seen eating and the sister tells her to come join them. And, to, and eventually she thanks her for what she did. And she says, basically, your secret, it's our secret. It's good with me. The brother overhears this. And um, they are eventually sent to go um, sell their hay, I believe it is, the hay bales on a little journey. And um, the brother mutters the word or utters the words of, may the force be with you. Obviously, kind of like not shocking Ahsoka, but just like huh, putting her on alert that, okay, this guy, is, this guy knows something. And this, this guy is kind of have to be careful around this guy. Um, she ends up coming back with the sister, um, after their delivery and they see that the town has been burned to the ground. Most of the people are killed. The only people left are the, um, I'm not sure if it was his father, but an older man there who was obviously in debate with this, um, this kid, this guy about, um, the empire and the Imperials about how the empire is, um, brings order at the suffering of others. And he obviously does the kid, the guy doesn't obviously agree. And he just goes, oh, well, you know, the empire brought peace and order. And it's just, it's just a, a political just back and forth between these two very minor but um you see that uh you see an inquisitor i believe it's the fifth brother the fifth brother um uh who is voiced by um clancy brown uh i believe the same guy who voices uh, mr Krabs. always love hearing him uh he has a little bit of distortion in his voice and i was trying to figure out is this guy a human species what species is he i'm not sure what he is um and he was just kind of just badass the moment you see him just dragging his saber on the ground telling the guy, you told me there was a Jedi here, you lied to me, like, oh, I didn't lie to you, they should be back soon, and Ahsoka obviously gets down, realizing she has to do something about this, the fifth brother confronts her, the Inquisitor does, and basically tries to fight her and kill her, and he fails, Ahsoka doesn't even have to use, doesn't even have to use a lightsaber, she just dodges a couple of his swings, takes the lightsaber out of his hand, deactivates one side, and cuts his head off, and his head falls down, and it's like, it like, dissipates in like, like disappears and as the mask falls flat and she kills him and it just shows how skilled 
Ahsoka is. All the training she's done with Anakin makes sense. This lines up with her character. This isn't just them making somebody strong for the sake of them being strong. I always loved Ahsoka, and this was great seeing her do something like this because it just it just shows that there's levels to this. This guy's an Inquisitor. This guy is obviously cocky. This guy thinks that he can just oh, I can kill this Jedi. You're Ahsoka Tano. I'm gonna kill you and all this other stuff. And it's like no, she knocked him down a peg and and he's dead. So that was a great little moment there. Ahsoka realizes that um, she can't um, she can't um, how do you say. Uh, she she can't she can't be something she's not like she's a Jedi she has to she has to be able to, to helping people is what Jedi do and that's something that Ahsoka can't just walk away from even though she's tries so hard to do it. Um, at the beginning of this episode, I also forgot to mention we do see Ahsoka at Padme's funeral. Uh, you see her in the shadows there, uh, looking on as Bail Organa notices her, tells us that she shouldn't be here. There was nothing that she could do to you know prevent what Anakin did and prevent what uh, happened to Padme. And um, these clones interrupt, and she he basically gives her this little calm link. Basically, if there's anything you ever need, contact me. And she tells him, I'm done fighting. I'm tired of fighting. And these clones interrupt. She has to sneak away. She's listening while Bale basically talks to the clones and kind of is talking to her at the same time. It kind of confuses the clones, um, who are now Imperial officers as they direct him out of there. And like I said, fast forward to everything that happens on the, pl the little planet that she's living on, the little farm town that she's been working at. Um, the episode ends with her calling Bail Organa to come help the, pe the remaining people of the town. Um, and he basically tells her, like, are you, sh like, you sure this is what you want? You're ready to get back into the fight? As she nods and the episode ends. Um, really great episode. Um, this show was just amazing. This uh, anthology, it, it's, it's it sucks that we were only, they were only like 13 to 15, 13 to 15 minutes each, not counting credits. Um, I wish they could have been longer, but I do know that this animation style takes a long time to make. And, um, this is the kind of content that we need to be seeing from Star Wars. Not, not some of the stuff that they've been doing. Um, I haven't been too happy with Andor. Not necessarily that it's anything bad. There's just stuff that I don't really care about it. It's just not the sh China show for me. But this is the, what fans want. This is something that new fans can, uh, like. This is something that older fans can like. And it brings the best of both worlds together. Uh, the storytelling of Dave Filoni here is, is great. Um, Good, great job with Ashley Eckstein, who does um, the voice of Ahsoka. I'm always glad to see her, or hear her, I guess you could say. Um, Liam Neeson, all these uh, people coming back to um, voice these characters in different lights. This is great, and I hope that, I hope that they continue this. I hope that they make this like a, like a 16-episode, 20-episode thing each season and just drop them all at once because um, if they decide to do a season two, which I, I hope they do... Um, I hope that their episodes are longer. I don't like. I said I don't like this. Like the two minute and thirty second credits. It's like, okay, you know, if you're gonna give us so little, I, I just don't like. I don't understand the point of all the credits. Like I get it. You're supposed to get their credits. You give credit to people who made it and voiced and produced and worked on it. Just have it. Just do one of those quick things like they used to do on Cartoon Network, where it just speed. It's just really quick. It should be less than thirty seconds for the credits. You know, if people really want to see who directed all this stuff, they can pause it and go back. Like I don't, I don't understand the point of just drawing out credits for three minutes so you guys can have a fifteen-minute runtime when it's like, it, I, you know, it's just, it's just frustrating. It's something I'm never going to stop complaining about. Um, but it's minor compared to what we got, the storytelling, uh, the characters, and everything involved. It was just great and it was amazing. Um, like I said, the only thing I didn't like, I just didn't like the fact that. Um, 
I just didn't like the fact that the Obi-Wan's hair was the same length as it was in Episode 2, even though canonologically and continuity-wise, it's short in this time period, and Anakin's hair is shorter than it's supposed to be. Um, just the That's probably like the biggest the biggest nitpick besides the, the episodes being not that long. Um, but like I said, if, um, I don't have as much of a problem with this. If they're going to, if they're going to drop all the episodes at once. Now, if they want to do this, if they're going to make a season two, they're like, Oh, we're going to drop one episode a week. No, then if that's going to fail and it's going to make people not like the show, even if the show is good, you, you, you know, if you have, you can't have something that's less than 10 minutes of content or less than 15 minutes of content. And then once a week, like people's people's brains, we don't have people don't have the attention span to pay attention uh, to keep pay attention to a show for that long. If you're going to give them so little, we they need more, and that's the problem I think that Disney has with their TV shows and setting them up is they they don't know how to format them and, and give them out to you. Um, and that's you know, I, I, like I said, the the one of the best shows probably that has done a good format of the way they set up their each episode is probably um, James Gunn's uh, Peacemaker. That's probably one of the only shows that I think is just where each episode didn't leave, left you wanting more, but it didn't leave you uh, dissatisfied. This didn't leave me dissatisfied, but it also made me it made me want more. And there's nothing wrong with wanting more out of these people. It's a billion dollar company. They should know, like, they need to know what they're doing. I'm glad Dave Filoni did this. Um, I just it's one of those things where it's just like I I want Dave Filoni and Lucasfilm and John Favreau to be part of all the projects, but they can't. They really can't. And because you 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 stretch them thin, you're gonna get less quality. You're gonna you're gonna get more, but you'll get less quality content. And I rather have quality over quantity, and that's the issue with the Disney Plus format. Is they rather just give you a bunch of content a year. Here's six Star Wars shows, but they're all mediocre. I'd rather get three Star Wars shows and have them all be great than six of them being mediocre. Um, and this show to me was an example of great. This show is it. This show is uh is a 10 out of 10 minus the little nitpick I had for the hair and stuff like that. But everything else is just great about it. It just needs to be longer. And I, you know, I, I'm tired of the retcon. I'm tired of all the retcons. I understand some of them like the Yaddle, which I was fine with, but like, I don't just some retcons. I'm just like, I, you know, I'm not a fan of what they do with other content, but it was great. 10 out of 10. Um, that's all I got to say for Tales of the Jedi. Uh, if you guys uh, want to watch it, it's available on Disney+. Plus. Um, it should sh it probably should, it would take up less than two hours of your time. So um, I binge-watched it all. I'm glad that they did that. If they decide to do a season two, uh, that'll be great. Uh, I, I had an idea, and I'm not the only one who said this. A couple other people in the Star Wars community have said this. Um, how about we do a Tales of the Sith? I think that we should do a Tales of the Sith thing. We can cover Plagueis. We can cover Darth Malgus. We can cover Darth Revan. We can cover all these cool... Uh, Sith Lords that are technically considered legends, but bring them into canon. And I hope the reason is is because oh well, you know, we it's not as kid friendly. Like that, I, you guys had somebody get shot in the first episode of Andor. I don't want to hear anything about we're trying to. We it's not kid friendly enough. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> I want to see content with Sith and bad guys. Like I'm. T I, as much as I love seeing the good guys, it gets boring after a while. We we need to see stuff different. We need to see stuff. We get bounty hunters perspective. We. We get um, Jedi's perspective. We get all these other different types of perspective. But it's like, I just think that Disney is afraid to go too violent. And you can see that when they did the Book of Boba. I don't I don't understand. But if we can get Tales of the Sith and more Tales of the Jedi, I'd be extremely happy. Um, 
I'd rather have it done sooner rather than later because obviously, you know, we had Ian McDermott voicing here. We had um, Liam Neeson voicing here and all, all the other actors. You know, actors getting older, their voices change. And, you know, uh, some actors have died in the recent years unexpectedly through, uh, you know, that you wouldn't think would die at such a young age. Um, and, you know, I just want, it's as selfish as that sounds, you know, I want them to put out as much content while they have these actors here uh, while they can. Because, you know, before long, it'll be too late because of the actor's age, voice changes, and, you know, some actors just don't want to do Star Wars anymore. So, this is a win for Disney. This is a win here. It's a small win, a small victory in a war with <laughs> other bad and mediocre content, but this is a win here. So, for you guys who want to check this out, get a thumbs up from me. Casual fans can enjoy this. New fans and hardcore fans can enjoy this all together. But... That's going to be it, guys. Thank you guys for listening to this review. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Let me know in the questions and the polls that I put up what you think of this series, what you thought of this anthology series, what you want to see next. And, yeah, my name is Eloy. This has been the No Limit Lab, and thank you, guys.